Maniacs, you're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave Squiggly Rooper with me is Chris Crunchy Coyer. Hey, Chris, <laughs> it's our new kid show. We could make them, we could make money. You, you Blippy proves that you it's not a quality cons- issue. Oh, no, no, it's a consistency, uh, five minutes max, uh, times a thousand. Basically, yeah. Look a little silly, so you're not like scary in any way. Dumb hat, dumb hat, yeah. and like play with stuff. Mm. Like be interested in the world. Be like, what's this, man? This you know, sounds like kids my respond whole to that Twitch stream strategy. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, what's this? A web component? Yeah. Wow, what's it do? Look, what's that required <laughs> attribute for? Oh, yeah. We could do like a real folksy. That would work. That's good. Yeah, we should do it. We should try it out on the old YouTube. Resurrect that and do a... Uh, be really surprised. Like like a learn with Dave, like instead of learn with Jason, you know. But like, Jason plays it up too. You know, he does. he's like... He's Mr. Business. Mr. I don't Business. Know. He's yeah. smarter than he comes off occasionally because that's the point of the show is to be like, you know, not pretend like he doesn't know anything, but prefer that the expert shows him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But we should do it really like, whoa, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> All the way up. Dial it. Hidden? Does that mean it's hidden? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, chat? Say yes. (laughs) What's a slot? I only know about those from Double Dragon arcade games. (laughs) Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's pretty good. Cheesing with Dave. I I got my laptop sitting in the other room. I decided to just wipe it. You ever have a day like that? And you're like, I hate this thing is so jacked up. Little stuff. There was no way on earth. I I was on the phone with Apple, which I was surprised at how easy it was to get a guy on the phone to talk to me about my photos app. You know, Mm -hmm. like I expect a little support for, I don't know, hardware or business stuff. I don't know. But I just needed to see my photos app wouldn't sync. And man, if there wasn't a really intelligent, useful human being on the other side of the phone. Now I say that he couldn't solve my problem. So you know, how useful was he? Yeah. Um, so did you, but there, it was a weird problem. It just, did you not lose sync. photos or you no just lost couldn't photos. It was fine. As I got, I got multiple laptops. I got iPad, iPhone, all my photos are there. They sync perfectly fine. hundred percent happy. It just One would not laptop, come to this laptop. No sync. Wouldn't come. Huh. And it's funny because it, I don't, I, I can't really think of a reason. My best idea was that there was some in the Discord the other day. Somebody linked up Next DNS, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's interesting." I totally regret installing that because it's like it's just it's like blocking traffic at a level away from your computer, even. Right, right. So right. you're like, man, if anything's wrong, it's definitely that thing's fault, <laughs> you know. But yeah. I did find it that it is somehow at least it felt faster, like it's. When the traffic doesn't even come close to your computer, man, what a great place for an ad blocker. I think for most people. But if mm-hmm. you're like you and me, if you're, you know, you're like you do a lot of computer stuff, the chances of it interfering are just a little too high for me. I, yeah, not to put us into some sort of like religious uh, elite or something like that, but it's it's just like I feel that way about like small keyboards. It's like I move my fingers enough on a keyboard. A small keyboard is not cool. Like, like (laughs) I kind of need dedicated zones for what I'm doing. Like I just like the, the small keyboards where I have to like, you know, like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, BA start to like, like enter into my F keys. It just is not like the right thing for me, you know? So wow. medium to large keyboards, I get. Yeah. So that is too, it was too much. Cause then I have, I have tail scale too. Mm-hmm. And I have once in a while, I use another VPN. It's like too, too much, you know, too many, too many things that interfere with tour, traffic. But yeah. I was like, it, it could have been that, but I was, I hadn't installed that on the other computer. And then like my messages app would freeze once in a while. I have this one repo that when I push Git, it just goes like that repo doesn't exist. And you're like, well, it does exist though, because it's fine. So then I open up GitHub desktop, which is a nice Git app, but I, yeah. I do find it weirdly underused. Like, do you know anybody that just, that's the app they use? Uh, I put my coworkers on it and it was super successful. Cause it was like, Hey, here's a GUI for how Git works. And, and you know, my yeah. designer coworkers and, and like, so you can commit stuff. It just, you know, but where I think it falls down is, is some of the, like, when you get into like 
pre-commit hooks and stuff like that, it doesn't always run that successfully. And so like, Mm. unless they have fully set up Husky, right? (laughs) You know, or whatever. Yeah, I remember Um, that. That was even an issue in Guitar. That's my preferred one where mm -hmm. I had to go like give it a, a path somewhere deep in the bowels of it to tell where pre-commit hooks are or something. Yeah. Uh, But I did get that working and that's been my go-to of choice. Although I've seen more and more people just use VS Code Mm -hmm. because I feel like the idea of that's from Microsoft, that's where GitHub is. It has pretty good diffing stuff built in. More and more people just just doing that. And plenty of people just on the command line still, of course. It's nice to visually see like what you're about to send over. You know, like we can, you know, I don't know. I can go through and I get get red greens and be like, oh yeah, I did this file. I just messed up. That's exactly right. You got to look for your console.logs before you commit. You know, you're like, oh shoot, I forgot one. I'm going to go do it, you know. I really like that. I think Git is the perfect thing for a GUI tool. Anyway, so that was, that was, and then I, so it wouldn't work in Git Tower. I pushed the repository doesn't exist. Go to GitHub desktop, hit commit, push right up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, these apps have some permissions problem. There's something wrong. So it's starting to be like four or five things. I'm like, what is up with this laptop, yo? Um, so I just wiped it. It's, it's a lot faster than I thought. It just, it, there's built into modern, mac os it just there's a there's some kind of they save the installer or something on okay. disk so okay. if you want to wipe it takes three minutes to you know i'm that's you're braver than i am but i, I should consider it oh and I'm, I'm not like in messed up zone but i've been there before where your uh, windows like notoriously so was like the solution was wipe but um you know i, I think like for my Mac, you know, I think it would just, A, it makes you more like cloud. Does that make sense? <laughs> it, uh, it does. I, I took five minutes and I was like, what's on here? I looked at my desktop, see if there's anything there. Cause I'm kind of a keep crap on the desktop kind of guy. But then I was like, oh, even my iCloud, I sync desktops. So that that's even that's clouded. Then I yeah. looked in a, in a few folders in my home directory, you know, to see if there's a few things in there. I'm like, oh, there's a few things in here, but I don't actually care about them. I moved one little folder up to my my Dropbox. I still use Dropbox. I want to be like you, Dave. I want to get off it. it I a, killed Dropbox. I still technically have... Um, what's the Microsoft Google one? Drive, OneDrive. One yeah, yeah, but... I, I'm going to get rid of that. I'm just going to do the Apple one. I mean, yeah, it's built in, like, whatever. It's fine. And if I go back to Windows, I'll just switch. I'll just drag that folder to OneDrive. Into OneDrive um, and we fixed it. Just you a know? little. Dropbox has got their claws in me just a little bit. You know, like I do the the file management with the show, for example, and that's shared with Chris Ends. And I have a folder with my wife and I have a folder for founder stuff at work where we keep little stuff. It's just like enough little combo sharing things that yeah. I'm like, oh, I got it. And it's like a hundred bucks or something. Yeah, I would love to nuke it. Mm. Yeah, I just don't. It's such a... It, I just had to say goodbye. I was like, what am I using from it? Nothing cool. Bye. Yeah. You know, so. so between and, that and iCloud's just kind of, I, that's a no-brainer for me. It's just like part of the operating system, so I use it. Between yeah. that and, and then just Git, it's like, I, I there's no, it's a, almost, almost a thin client. I mean, obviously I install stuff, but like files-wise, it's You nothing. ever watch like Kurt Cobain play guitar, you know, and they just smashes it, right? Like a nice Fender Jaguar, he's just smashing, you know? Yeah. And you're like, dude, do you don't like your guitars? But he understood, I can always just get a new guitar. <laughs> and like, yeah. and and I feel like that's what I want out of my computers. Not like I'm just going to like smash my computer on stage after a talk or something like that. But like, I want to be able to be like, if this falls in a toilet or yeah. gets run over by an airplane, no big deal. Like, that's I, great. I a thin just, client of guitars. Yeah. I love that. I just want to like grab uh, anywhere in the world I can just walk in and buy a computer and then it's set up for me, you know, like, yeah, so that would be Didn't cool. They, isn't there some, I saw, I feel like I saw in the news just this week, somebody, some, some company released like $150 thin client really Ooh. thin, you know, really? Okay. Just very, I mean, it was kind of what the Chromebook was supposed to be, but was it like a, under the framework laptop sort of vibe or, um, no, I can't talk about it because I'm gonna. I just lost it. But the but the the thing was criticizing there, where I read it said too you know too early or bad timing or something. Mm. I don't know if I, everybody's got their own opinion. I'm sure 150 dollars is very appealing to a lot of people on Earth. I'm sure, and 
hopefully they have a good time of it. If you're willing to wait, I mean, you know, I, I think like for me, it's just, you know, I, I had the thin clients. I had like the Microsoft Surface I used for like two years, you know, as my main machine. And that was like not even the, it was a Surface Pro, but it was way underpowered. So like builds took forever, you know? And so like... Didn't they all have AMD chips in them or something? That or made them they great? have Intel, but it was all like i3 or something. And then then they were switching. I think they're in the process of switching to AMD and they had one line with AMDs and... But I don't know Oof. if, I don't know how. Not complicated. Uh, uh, Microsoft, I mean, there's just so many Windows computers and so many Intel chips and so many apps that'll never get rebuilt again. Like, they're just, they're going to yeah. be stuck for a while. Mac, as bad as it's obsolete, <laughs> you know, uh, planned obsolescence uh, is, like, it does turn over, it composts all the bad apps leave the system, you know, pretty regularly mm. or get kicked out, you know, like, yeah. um, or apps that well, maybe were, NPM should do that. Be like, I'm sorry, all these old packages they're they're sorry, gone. If it's, it's not in ESM, like we just, you have to use NPM old to install. You know what, how low it is. It's absolutely shocking. It's like a very sad number. It's something like 1%, I think, of packages are is ESM. Are ESM. Jeez. Well, it wasn't famously like React is finally ESM. Eleventy finally ESM, I think. So hey, good job. I mean, I mean it, that's excellent. Hell of a refactor. Not to like on these people, but it, it's it's a lot of work. But non-trivial, but man, let's say. Absolutely. Yeah. But like, man, in ways I don't even fully understand because my brain does rally against it a little bit. I'm like, what's the big deal? Just in place, replace your requires with imports. How hard yeah. is that? How uh, hard but is it that? Is, actually, so jest. <laughs> I'm going to blame jest, uh, especially for your consumers too. It's not just a is the code hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a you know speaking at Discord. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think Andrew was 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 showing in the, I don't know if it was a show and tell channel thing or what, but it was like a you know I just never knew this about SaaS, so I feel like I could share it. He's like, oh, should I do this thing? I think it was part of his Vite config. In the Vite config under like preprocessors, that you know, bit of JSON or whatever, you can say SAS, and then as part of that object, say additional data camel case, mm-hmm. and then just give it a string. So I'm like, that's real weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> and the string is just some SAS. So you could say color red, or you know, a very set of variable dollar sign brand color equals red or something. Okay. So you- now that's just set on every SAS file that it processes from here on out. Wow. But more more likely, what you're going to do is put in like a use statement or an import statement, like into yeah, it. import vars or something like that. Right? Vars, yeah. It'll be vars or or the or typography or some kind of global thing that you want. Everywhere, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. Is that just? V- I'm just learning about this. Is it just Vite that offers this, Ooh. or is this some SAS configuration thing that I didn't know about? I need to look at it more or ask Andrew how he got into it. Because I, I, on the CodePen code base, we have I don't know a hundred or two hundred CSS files that all start with the same line that import some global thing so that they have access to it. It's not like I would refactor it immediately, but I I just like the idea that you don't have this repetitive line of code in your in your code base. Yeah. Additional data. Um well and because usually when you do like a SAS project, right? You have your sort of main.css and that has all the imports and then you have all the partials and stuff like that. But the problem is if you want to like compile a style sheet just for one thing, now you have to replicate main and now you're going to have two main files, like a new and an old. And whereas if you just, if each SAS file and each SAS partial had like its own import statement you know like you would i don't know you'd kind of like have a uh, i i just it's a cleaner story with the imports and exports like here's the import stuff and then here's what it shoots out you know i, I think right like if every file did that so yeah you got to be careful. I don't know if somehow it feels like the, the globalness of CSS feels like, okay, mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course I want these variables at the top. But then I'm like, is there a JavaScript version of this? And it's like, oh, kind of just put stuff on the window. 
Yeah. If you're talking client, yeah. you're like, that's so, that's like not cool usually. It's not cool until you call it signals and then it's cool. <laughs> so that, then it's really cool. So just put an observer on the window. Um, okay. Yeah. Here's another one. I was reading this blog post. I'm not going to call it out specifically because it was, it was like a well written explanation. Them, Chris, burn them to the ground. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in a way, I was like, I was proud of them for doing things, some like thinking about the UX of it. And the UX of what I'm talking about is one-time passwords, four-digit mm-hmm. codes, let's say, that come to your phone or whatever via SMS message. I even mentioned it the other day because I installed this Mac app that would do that that thing that iOS does, but on mm-hmm. Macs. Yeah, I like think even Android the... does it at this point. I don't even know. But yeah, get it on your clipboard so it's easier to do. There's no lack of security. The security is that it arrived at a device that's on your person. So like yeah. helping you get the code to the right input is just a UX concern. Um, pretty cool. Uh, but this was like, okay, now you're going to build one for the web. And the, for whatever reason, you know, blame design patterns or whatever... It's it's never just like a, a, a rectangle your input and you just put the four digits in it. It's always got one, two, three, four independent individual rectangles. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. always how it looks for some reason. And this article said, "Well, use use four max length one inputs then sure. for them." Okay. And I was like, "Well, okay, I guess that gives you like styling control over them." But it wrecks all kinds of other stuff. I mean, what are the labels for all four of them? One-time password digit number three? No, get yeah. out of here. That's awful. How do you paste then? Well, he's like, I covered pasting. He figured out how to, you know, split take the it split. And and, it and, yeah. Exactly. And, and dump them all into the right holes. You're like, okay, well, that's cool. But then you also have to handle... You know, I've entered it on my keyboard, so now I need to move the focus over one, and you need to do it for the delete key too. And there's just this pile of JavaScript for dealing with these four inputs. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Can't you just, you know, for one thing, well, so I was like, you know what, I'll do, I'll download an SVG of a rounded rectangle yeah. <laughs> and I'll set it as background of this input repeat, and say yeah. background repeat X. And then just fiddle with a few magic numbers that make it so that the numbers look like they appear in each box. And then you have none of these other problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still got to do it right. You still got to use you know the correct slew of attributes that make this work. And it's a non-intuitive slew of attributes, I'll say. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think, oh, I'll make it input type equals number? No, I can't use number because um, it, uh, you don't little... need the... The counter thing in the side. and Yeah, you don't yeah. need that thing. It's yeah. not like you're like, oh, I was one off. I'm going to use these little spinner arrows to increment. <laughs> increment you know, my you know, one-time you password, yeah. And you're not getting that much value out of it. What you really want is input mode numeric because that triggers the keyboard that you want and you need to, the pattern attribute that only accepts, accepts digits just in case. Then you need a max length attribute. You probably want a required attribute. And crucially, what you really want is the autocomplete attribute that equals the string one, one dash time, time dash code. Pa- yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing that will, you know, tell the browser and password fillers and stuff what's going on. Ooh, that's a slew. I didn't even mean to get that into that. But um, as I was playing with it, the browser does this weird thing where even if it's max length four, it mm-hmm. will not let you add a fifth attribute. The, the, the cursor will go to the fifth one and it kind of pushes all the text over one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to describe, but it, now the numbers don't line up in my little boxes like they did. So I made the Discord deal with him. Of course, Alex was all over, and so was Josh, triple threat Josh Collinsworth. And they they solved it. So hopefully they solved the problem. One of one of the three of us will blog it somehow. But it's I think it's nice. And it, you know, isn't a zero JavaScript solution ideal in these situations? I'm not trying to be a hundred years old and being like, mem kids with their JavaScript, but like compare the solutions. Right. They it just is simpler to not use four inputs. Yeah, I mean, like the autocomplete too is like seems like the slam dunk, like the the one time code, you know? It seems like the Yes. Why that's what you want. That's what, like, literally, what you need. I mean, and you can't use it if you have four inputs because that you doesn't do make maybe sense. Maybe hidden, anymore. but maybe that's not allowed. I don't know. Input type equals hidden, but I don't right. know if that's allowed. But 
I, I like the CSS. I, I would be curious what people say. I mean, I know input masking is notoriously bad news, but this seems like the least uh, bad. <laughs> so it's just a background image on a single yeah, input. Yeah, it's not like, are you talking, input masking is the one where you like type your phone number and it adds like, like parentheses, parentheses and dashes and, and stuff. Yeah, like. yeah. But yeah. that's like in the value, whereas right. this isn't, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, that seems good. Mm. I like it. I, well, and you know, it's funny is I feel like there should be a, a back to our YouTube, but there should be a thing like, like how you set this, this input up with that, the properties. Hey, are you coding a what? Here, I'm going to do my YouTube ready. And people can like make fake TikToks. You ready? Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to create a one-time password code? Here's what you need. You need input, not type equals number, type equals text, pattern, some numbers, and then <laughs> what input mode numeric and uh, crucially autocomplete one time code. There you go. Have a good one. Nice. Right, that's it. Did yeah, you keep it under 60 seconds? Though? I don't because know if, if I, that might have gone out of short territory, but TikToks can be 10 minutes. But if you're going to cross post to YouTube shorts, it's got to be under 60 seconds. Okay. They only take that. And reels are 90 seconds. So really just do 60 and then you get all, you get all yeah. three. Oh, man. I saw you making cool videos. I'll tell you. I liked your, I want to know what app you're using to make those videos. But um, Oh, yes. Yeah, it's just, the website is screen.studio. Screen. And I am very studio. impressed with it. I'm not even, I'm just having a lot of fun. It's, <laughs> you should, you should just do a quick video with it and see what it's like. Cause it is excellent little piece of software well and it like because it follows your mouse focus i don't know how it does that but that's cool how it does that and it puts your little video in a corner yeah yeah, and you can control that so if you don't like it or or whatever there's just two timelines that you just get one timeline of the video that you shot of the the um you know the window or yeah you can, yeah. You can record a you know just like any screenshot you can record a window you can record an area you can record the whole screen you do whatever you want and it will get that area and then it kind of rounds the corner and puts it on a trendy looking background like a screenshot tool but it's video and then the second timeline is just for zooms that's all it does so you can be like at this point zoom and and then stop and when it zooms it really classily zooms in yeah yeah and then was... back out and then, yeah, and it kind of follows your mouse while you're zoomed in. And you can control that behavior. But there's not too much, like, learning of this is not learning Logic or learning Final Cut Pro. Or, or even what's the video editor one? ScreenFlow. ScreenFlow, yeah. ScreenFlow is a, is a dumbed-down version of those, and it's not that dumb. Or iMovie. Yeah. This is even easier than those, but classier. Because it, it also makes your mouse really big, which looks good in those things. And it, it smooths... This is crucial. You, you might not even notice this when you're watching these videos. It smooths the mouse movement. Yeah. So it looks like, I, I don't know how on earth they do that, but it looks great. Yeah, and like lines up, dips out your uh, your dips out your video and then like puts in like a, yeah, like smooths it, but your voice stays over it and then it comes back. And I'm seeing now they have like speaker notes, which would be helpful for me because I'm Mm-hmm. too rambly and if it so. let's say it's a d- video that's designed to loop yeah you, you can even ha- they have it where wherever your mouse ends let's say it's 50 pixels away from where it started mm-hmm. it'll make sh- it'll normalize them so when the video loops the the cursor doesn't shift it just is oh, are you doing that like where you end on like the lead into the video like what, what, what was my thing today we're working on one-time passwords and then the end of the video is but how do you code a one-time passcode? Today I'm looking at yeah, right. Like, and then it, yeah. so one-time passcodes, yeah, that's genius stuff. I'm not that at that level yet. Oh, just man, gotta just get playing. There, I gotta get there. But what was killing me? That's why that was. Remember what was in the last episode or before that I was had a tirade about video. That was one of the things is that YouTube is the ultimate example. They want. 16 by 9 videos for YouTube generally. That's the interface of it is mostly designed for that. But it's that's starting to be the only one live. YouTube Shorts, you can't. It has to be exactly 9 by 16, the other way, vertical video. Wow, really? Okay. Well, at least through their API. Yeah. Which was funny. So I would shoot one, and I was using the Screen Studio, the software we've been talking about, which will kind of help you get it to 
nine by 16 that has a very couple of various tools to, to help you with that but it doesn't help you when you're selecting an area to record that is pretty rudimentary part of their api and it's on you to just get pixel dimensions that happen to be nine by 16 no yeah that's that, hard. they could improve that yeah. but then you can kind of crop it after you've recorded it that was the paradigm shift with uh with the other one screen flow where it would be like just record more than you need and then like fix it in post they really like strongly encourage that uh but anyway if you get if it's one pixel off nine by 16 the youtube shorts api won't take it they'll just be like nope so okay that's really good because i like that you had a square format and maybe you're like adding stuff on the 16 by nine, but one of them you did was a square and i just thought that was the perfect yeah squares are nice thing for dev content because you can have like a, a wide angle at the top and a wide angle at the bottom, like a, a you know two landscapes on top of each other. Um, yeah, I like that. I like it too because Instagram was famously square forever, mm-hmm. and it still looks good. I think generally, I think YouTube your Instagram will take a square. YouTube Shorts will also take a one by one exactly, right? But TikTok won't. TikTok zooms in your square and crops the sides. So it's garbage. You can't do it. What we want in the world is to shoot your freaking video one time. Yeah, yeah. But if you're really doing it perfectly, you really should shoot a wide one for classic YouTube uh, and then a 9 by 16 for definitely for TikTok and then maybe a square for the others. And it's like, that's too too hard. That's too many videos. Yeah. Well, I know like um, Streamlabs OBS has a, capture thing that they'll also capture a uh a short basically like so it's mm. and it's your camera on top or however you want to set it up and then some like you know four by three rectangle whatever the math is a 16 by nine camera yeah. on top of a whatever rectangle the form is 16 by nine i, I don't trust how it's gonna show up but that's really interesting to me like how I don't know, just how would that work? Or like, could I just, if I could get, get a YouTube video, like a, in a, and a short all in just one button press or something, that would be really cool. But, um, again, I don't, I'm so armchair on this. I don't actually make this crap, so I should just shut up. But, but I, I only want to do it if it's easy too. Does that mean like, that's the whole philosophy of this podcast, right? Like it kind of is like, I just only want to do it if, if like we, I've eliminated all technical. There's a trick with that though. Cause if it's too, you know, it's still gotta be good, you know, that's true. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with that cause I'm like, Oh, I should have slowed down on that one and actually, you know, done it out better. Yeah. Cause I can't make it my whole day at the moment. You know, I can't make it my whole day. There's like this weird plugin. I think somebody shared in the discord a long time that like, you know, you don't go into DaVinci resolve and you don't do your D script, although you could do all those things too. Right. But like, but it basically just cuts out dead air. So anytime you're like paused, so you can talk as slow as you want and it'll just chop it down. Yeah. Very interesting because that's the YouTube vibe. It's like every three seconds there's a cut, you know? I watched this whole video on like how Mark... I like the Descript thing too where you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I I said like one section is a little too much and you could manually cut it, but that's the Descript promise, right? Is that you go in there and you cut out the words you were saying and it magically chops it, you know? Yeah. Like like, the, the UX of, of, of making these quick chops is way better. Yeah. So I watched this whole thing on like a Mark Rober intro, right? Like diagnose, I could maybe find the video and put it in the show notes here, but like, you know, Mark Rober does like the science videos. He did that whole, like mm. I built a, whatever crazy course for my squirrels in backyard, you know, like, uh, the squirrel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fat Gus rip fat Gus. (laughs) I love fat Gus. Anyway. Um, but the, but apparently it's like, he does like 40 cuts in the first minute or something like that. Like, like, so it's like almost a cut a second or something like that. And then like, there's like a, a key change. There's a, he tells exactly what the video is about in the first five seconds. And that's like stuff like I've never done. Like that's stuff we don't do really on our videos. Like today we're talking about web components. Why are they good? Boom. You know, like, uh, or I had a problem with this. Some, some, yeah, we're too slow. We're we're too, too too casual. And I think like to be a good YouTuber, you need to really just come out with a punch and then like, you have exactly what you're, I don't know, set expectations, I guess is sort of the thing, but I do. I need a catchphrase too. 
this there's this guy, the YouTube shorts guy, I really like the one that that Jake, Jake Archibald turned me on to is these this Scottish guy that looks does property reviews of just horrible houses. You know, yeah. he's like, oh, the Winkle spatters are at it again. Look at this, this wall is for three degrees out of plumb. Absolutely shocking. He does this. <laughs> <laughs> it works great. That's good. And then he goes, and then like he'll save it, but only once in a while he'll be like, look at this. You know, the Shrek swamp in the backyard. Ridiculous. <laughs> And you're See, like, oh, Sid, I just, I just watch the next one to hope that he says ridiculous in it. Oh yeah. See, that's it. Like, you need the thing. You need the uh, uh, what? I use too much YouTube. I had to like turn switch off premium because I'm using too much YouTube. But there's this kid who plays Rainbow Six Siege. It's a video game where you like break into a building with a team of five v five or something like that. Anyway, this kid's name is Jinxie. He's like full uh what's the positive way to spin this unmedicated would be a good <laughs> <way to spin. laughs> and he's just hot but he's like makes his own language and he's like like he if he's like watching a video and he's like to say somebody has good aim he's like good aim and i'm like <laughs> he just adds an r like a trilled r and he's like good aim bad aim and you know and you're just like it's frigging catchy. But it works. Yeah. It's frigging catchy. You know, he also like <laughs> hawks loogies right on his webcam, which I'm not going to do, chat. Sorry. I'm sorry if you're waiting yeah. for that video. But, um, or he'll just like straight up like rocket punch his camera. It has to be like a GoPro or something because it just like shoots across the room. Anyway, but he's just like, <laughs> you know, anyway. holy cow. That's Lives with good. his mom. <laughs> yeah, his mom's gotta be chill or just uh happy or gone. Uh, he's raking in the bucks. Yeah, she he's just anyway. But anyway, I just so yeah, gotta have your thing. What's your thing? What's your you gonna come? Yeah, well, because that, that should be crossing your mind immediately. Why would anybody choose to spend these 60 seconds with me or 10 minutes or whatever? There should be some reason. I mean, obviously, the, you have probably have a, a one, but it should be a really strong. It'd be like, I'm showing you something hilarious or that you've never seen before. Or All right, here, I'm going to riff. I'm going to riff. Ready? Here's yep. here's one. Fat guy does programming. Hey, chat. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> Is that good? See, immediately, yeah, I would I would watch the next 30 seconds. You're Let's like, see where this is going. Swipe to next. Okay, cool. That's good. I watched a West Boss one this morning. Uh, um, I opened TikTok. I'm just fascinated by the... i got to keep it at an arm's length because it feels a little dangerous to me. Yeah. not Don't read too much into that. I don't I don't even know what I'm saying. I just... Um, whatever. But but West does it pretty good. And he, at the beginning, he, he had to promise that it was going to be a good video. I thought that was pretty... A TikTok thing. He's like, I'm going to show you three CSS tips. I promise they don't suck or whatever because I feel like there's probably so much that he's fighting against that are just stupid. Yeah, yeah. Just search for the word CSS on TikTok and see what kind of just stupid crap you get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet it's bad. I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to come up with a, you got to have a hook, right? You need that hook in that first sentence and so got to work on it. Yeah. One thing I'd always, uh, one series of TikTok videos I thought would be good, and no one steal this, this patented, my lawyers, yeah. I'm a very litigious person, <laughs> um, was like the all, the all the elements in HTML, starting from the top to the bottom, and you're like, anchor element, A tag, also known as A tag, why is it important? Well, it links t- pages together, you know, and like, and then here's the accessibility semantics that kind of go with it. And then boom, you're done, right? Like, just like go through every element in HTML and tell you why it exists and why it's important and sort of why, what matters and why it's semantic, quote unquote, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like it would just be like a very useful. I don't know. And then you could get into weird ones like ABBR. Don't really use it, but you can. And it accepts a title attribute, but no one ever turns off titles. So whatever. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. I think the ABBR will be, you could do that in 60 seconds. Yeah. Not like everything has to be fast twitch these days, but it does. I don't know. I don't blame society. I'm not like, oh, everybody doesn't have time anymore. Nobody slows down. And, you know, I'm like, they do for the things they care about. I think this is just a fast hit. It just means it's just it forced whoever was making it to make it more useful more quickly. It's not the 
destruction of society. You know, it's fine. It's a, I, I think it kind of is a predator on your dopamine system. Does that make sense? Well, it does. Cause you're like, look at the ass on this. This is going to be great. You know, this. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, and then you, how about another one? That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. some, <laughs> there's a person in a swimsuit on this uh, video that says fail. That looks like I'll like it. You know? Right. And, and it's yeah. double trouble because she's about to jump off a diving board too. So it's like, what? oh, I Don't get both do that. things. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the, like, yeah. I, my issue with TikTok is it figured out, the algorithm figured out I was over 40. And so it just started showing me 40 year olds, like desperate, like ex youth minister, <laughs> 40 year olds, just craving attention. God, it was oh, so great. It was hard. Made it very. I bad. could see that if you were re- if you struggled with that. Not you know, I'm sure lots of people do that. They're like, okay, I really need to learn tech, so I could cr- I could do the next video course that I should do or do my homework if I'm in school or something. Or I could open this other app that's way more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I could learn something or. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Miro. That's Miro.com slash podcast. Really a tool for teams. Think of it as an online visual workspace with an infinite canvas that you can do anything. I like how Miro gets out of your way. You can use this space any way that you want to use it. And I like tools like that that kind of get out of your way. There's all sorts of templates and stuff that you can pick, but it it doesn't matter. However you and your team works, you're going to find it. Because you can draw in there, you can diagram in there, you can put code blocks in there, you can put text in there and sticky notes and shapes and arrows and anything you want to do that helps your team communicate with each other, you can do in Miro. And I think that's so strong. Now, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. Project management, I think, is a, is a big one. But there's also, you know, brainstorming, kickoff meetings and stuff. I think Miro's really strong for, and there are a bunch of AI tools built into Miro to help with that. For example, auto-generating new content. That's in there in case, you know, blank canvas is too much. You just need some help getting started. That's one of the ways that I like to use AI, and that's all built in uh, uh, as well. It can do all kinds of stuff. It could also go kind of in the other direction where it can summarize stuff. Let's say you have a board that's just full of sticky notes from this great, super productive meeting with people who have lots of ideas and they're dragging them around and categorizing them and prioritizing them and stuff. You can select cards and, and get a summary of what's going on there just instantly. Super cool. You can generate mind maps. Uh, you can have it, you know, if there's a block of code in there, you can have it explain in plain English what that code does. All kinds of great AI features. Really cool. Find simplicity in your most complex projects with Miro. Your first three Miro boards are free when you sign up today at Miro.com slash podcast. That's three free boards at Miro.com slash podcast. Well, I don't know. All right. So here's a rant. Here's some tech one. Yeah. Hit me. I keep thinking about this because it keeps coming up. There was a yet another Discord thing that reminded me of it, but but it was about has. Has is uh, the has selector, I mean, in CSS. Colon has super powerful stuff. It's on people's mind again. We're going to see more and more of it over the next couple of months because it's dropping in Firefox, and now we get the full green the full green bar. Uh, Can I use all the way? So everybody's going to be happy I about that. I got a good has trick, by the way. I'll keep going. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Well, I, 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 two or three times I've seen people pull off what is essentially column highlighting mm-hmm. on a table. Row highlighting is easy, right? TR hover back, change the background. Done. 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 Yeah, Got it. yeah. Column highlighting is notoriously difficult. It's not that hard in JavaScript because JavaScript can. For example, see that you're hovered over a cell, figure out which index is it, then do a new query selector over uh, with each. That same index, select all the cells of that same index in all the Add rows. class hover until really mouse pretty out. easy to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Until mouse leave, or I don't know what I still don't know which is better. Great, not hard in JavaScript. It's not the right place for it. You want it in CSS with your, you know, so has kind of can do it. Like if you write a shard that says, you know, table has td nth child three hover. Then select the table, select all the rows, and select all the table cells that are of child three, and you can do it. That works, except for you had to hard code that number three into that selector. 
which is not great because now you have as many selectors as you have columns. So if you have 100 columns, you got to write 100 selectors to get this yeah. done. That doesn't feel very CSSE to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is here's another one. To, um, and I can do yours in a second. Is you got ten elements, and you want them to stagger in. Not mm-hmm. that hard in JavaScript. You can do it in CSS with like nth child one animation delay point zero zero one seconds, nth child two animation delay point zero zero two seconds, nth child three yeah, yeah. animation delay. You know, it's the kind of thing you'd write kind in like a, loop. a staggered list. Yeah, staggered list. Shower. But what yeah. if in CSS you didn't have to go nth child three? You could just say whatever the index of, of that element is. The index is what nth child is it, essentially. Yeah. Like yeah. what if that was just a variable you could God, use? That'd be and sweet. Adam Argyle wrote this up in 2019 as a proposal. Lots of positive sentiment about it. It's bad trickle, you know, even two weeks ago there was some fresh talking about it. Just looks nice. You could go animation delay. And then use the element index multiplied by 0.01 seconds or something like that. Now you yeah. have one selector, one value. But his thing was like, let's only do it for values because I, th- I think he knows internally some stuff and that that would be easier to pull off for values. But values are not selectors. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help the table thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just blog posted about it. I got a couple of nodding agreements that moving that to the selector level would be useful too. I don't know if we'll ever get it. Indexes. It would be cool. Because I just, yeah, wouldn't it be cool to, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like what, it's hard to think of examples, but like that's a very concrete one, like the table row and index. But anytime you've like said like nth child one, nth child two, nth child three, like anytime you've done that, like it would be cool to be like, just let me just do this. Like, let me just use an index, you know. Yeah, maybe we'll even get loops in CSS. Maybe that would help it. But you'd have to write that loop infinite times, you know. So it's not the same as a loop. Loops are slightly different use cases. Well, and a loop is going to give you an index. So if we get it loops out of the deal, that's great, right? Hopefully. Yeah, but, totally. Mm-hmm. That would basically solve it, too, because it's not the world's biggest deal to, I don't know, to write a loop for... 50 table rows, more than you'll ever need. Yeah, and that could probably actually transpile back a lot easier, right? Like, auto prefixer could probably negotiate a CSS for loop backwards, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was I going to say about all that, yeah. Uh, Just a really, really, really quickie. Somebody wrote to me and said, how how do you do uh, random blog posts in in WordPress? And I just said, oh, I I just do a query and I just pass it this random that you can query in query posts in WordPress, you can just say to order by random. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, then I just do a PHP redirect to that thing and publish a page that uses that template really easy, really, really easy. <laughs> and then this guy writes me, he's like, you don't have to do any of that. You could, as a URL parameter on all WordPress sites, this works on shoptalkshow.com. Just put question mark random, put a URL param of random at it with no value, just the word random. And guess what? You go to a random post. What? On any WordPress site. Wow, I'm now on episode 273. I didn't know that was a feature of WordPress. That seems like... Um... <laughs> Neither did I. I r- immediately ripped out my custom template and just used that. Because I'm like, why would I have special code that does this when this one freaking wow. URL param works? And apparently it's contextual too. So if you're looking at like a category, a listing of category, and then you put random, you'll get a random one in that category. Or yeah, whatever. like whatever the nested, latest nesting yeah. is. So any WordPress size, to try it on the old CSS tricks, works the same way, works on my personal site. Maybe I should build it into my Jekyll. I mean, it's yeah. probably 10 lines of JavaScript. Well, no, I need a list of posts. That would have to sit on the window or something. Yeah, Put it on the window that's object. expensive. That's what Gatsby did. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Maybe there's a clever way you could do it, though, with some kind of selector or something that, that somehow knows your list of posts because of pagination or something. I, I don't know how I would do it. Yeah, I mean, I could go read my... Do you have a page on your site that lists every single URL? Yeah, Is there yeah a... and a sitemap, too, XML. Yeah, so, so you could hit a JavaScript, could... Go to that page, get the list of them, pick one at random, and redirect. Yeah, under the posts. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. that's not server side, but it would still work. Speaking of sites, I, well, that's this is where my has thing comes in. I've been fixing up my site a bit, just like 
tinkering, you know, I've been in a mood to like work on my site, you know, it's your worry stone, my worry Ethan stone. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's been fun and I've like fixed a bunch of issues. Like, like I had those little wobbly boxes on my homepage, rough boxes. And it was the yeah. CSS Houdini thing. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I loved it. Cause it's, I, I just, I love that the, the freaking web is just rectangles and crap. And like, and that's so boring. <laughs> like I'm so yeah. bored. So I wanted it to be kind of messed up like on purpose. Cause like I like right. rougher prototypes and webs and whatever. Um, so that's the metaphor I'm embracing, but I, it did not work in Safari. So every time I pull up my phone or my iPad, my website, it just doesn't look the same. Right. Do websites need to look the same? No. Uh, but I kind of like, was like, you know what, I'm going to make it work. And so I, it took months of like exploring and prototypes and stuff, but I finally came around to like, I'm just going to make an SVG box and I'm going to wobble the edges. Like I'm using the Q per parameter in, in a path, which is basically like set a Whoa, point really? and bend it, like arc it. It's, oh, I thought it's you were going to say you were going to use that like distortion Oh, F-E filter. matrix. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm no. not that smart, but I could use that now. Now I could use that, but, yeah. um, but I just, so how does it work? You just, Q, like you basically, if you have like a zero, zero to uh 100, zero, like a line and I say Q and then it's like, um, let's see, uh, 50, 10 in the middle there. So it's zero, zero Q 50, 10, uh, 100, zero. So back to the top. You just put a new point in the middle of those two coordinates. You put a new point. Okay. Yeah. And Q will just create a, a, oh, it'll curve between them. It'll create a yeah. curve. And so I created a box that curves and then I can pass it a variable and spit out a new box that has its own custom kind of curving. And then I kind of explode the edges different and mirror the top and oh, bottom. That's freaking clever. So Q is just one of those points that, takes just two values and because uh, there's isn't there that there's like five different types yeah of there's curve. like c and a i think too but, yeah. but like so i just q was the simplest one so i did that and so then it injects it into a background or a border image and then i use the nine slice border image thing no. which is weird but that's what you I used doing. border image for i them? used border image for like the first time in life, my life i still don't understand it <laughs> But use border freaking image. So that is absolutely shocking to me. I would have never, I would have been like, if somebody was like, I think border image is right for this. I'm like, well, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the weirdest uh, API for me. Why but, um, can't you? Because it, because then it stretches more better. Uh, well, it just occupies the border. Like the box for the element still stays the same, but it just occupies the border. I didn't have to like <clears> chuck <throat> in background, you know? So. Um, that's sort of why I did it, but I get it. It, it does weird stuff on the corners a little bit too. In yeah, a good it kind of tucks in the corners because that's like the nine slice box of you know. Yeah, that's what border image. That's the kind of thing that would normally annoy somebody about border image, but in this case, kind of works. It kind of just gives it a little tuck, but I, I think like you know, I could do like four background images and go, bloop, 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 but like I, I don't know. Mm. I'm just kind of like embracing it as it is right now. Eventually, I'd like to like allow custom border widths or something kind of mess that up or maybe it goes really weird. What I was imagining and, there's like some SVG property that's like when this thing scales, don't scale the strokes. Right, right. And I, that's how I was somehow picturing this. Like, I think as, you can do that. I'd forget it though. So, and then I was, it is midnight and I was like, oh, I'm just done. So, I would almost crank it up a little bit. A little bit. Okay. The wobbliness. I, that's yeah. my critique of it because it's you can almost if you're not re, if you don't know it you could almost just be like oh it's they're just rectangles still no I, I like uh, my whole thing is you know I have the little grunge effect in the background like this paint splatter I want people to think their computer's messed up that's the goal that's the goal, yeah. <laughs> the goal of my website did I, my, did I sneeze on my computer that's the vibe uh, I'm going yeah. for so nice. You'll, Paravel grunge uh, routine, but but I also like fixed up my my bookshelf, or I added a whole projects page with all these projects, like going through like mm -hmm. decades of projects. Got a little teary doing that, uh, just because you do a lot of stuff, man. Uh, but then yeah. on my bookshelf, I used Petite View a long time ago. We probably talked about it on the podcast, but mm -hmm. how do you even um, get to your bookshelf? Is that secret? Uh, about 
than bookshelf. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I may put it back up in the nav now that I have a bunch of nav there, but, uh, but it is, uh, now it's just a vanilla JavaScript. I watched a Kim Powell video about where you yeah. did filtering with view transitions and I'm doing that and it's wonderful and it fixed a few things, but I had this weird Why thing. Why were you using view at all? Or the PT view? I can't remember. PT view. It just was easy. Like it, it was very declarative too. It was very like, you know, like, just I was using Vue for my day to day job as like a template, right? So you didn't have yeah, to repeat. Yeah, like template the filters, and then like I used Vue. Like, oh, I see. But now I'm just using Ruby, you know, to template the filters, and then but yeah, and now it's just on data attributes and stuff like that. Pretty simple, like twenty ten. 10 lines of JavaScript or something. Right. So, so if you go if you display none some because it's not in that filter, then view transitions can will whoosh them into place. Right? Will whoosh them into place. Yeah. And so I and I had a problem with my old blog, like empty years. Like if you like look at books on climate change or something like that, like there's books years I didn't read a single book on climate change, but you just see the year hanging out there. But I used this has trick where I said like if year has book hidden hide it but if year oh. has book not hidden show it again you know so I, so if it's if there's a hidden one in there i hide it but then if there's one showing i show it again and so it's kind of this weird logic gate that um ends up hiding the whole Dude, year i love so that it was pretty cool uh fun fun i don't know fun right god i was thinking of empty too <laughs> that doesn't work though because these, these sucks. are Empty sucks. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, it doesn't work because they're not actually removed from the DOM, right? They're just still sitting there, all these books. And if you have a single white space character, which you do, and, and <laughs> if you have a comment, which you do, you know, like, yeah. it's toast. And so there's... Isn't there a better one, though? Isn't there blank or something that's ooh, a little more tolerant? Yeah, that might be Firefox only, though, or something like that. Oh my God. So. You know what that reminds me of is Ruby. Like I, you probably know the answer to this, but I, I shipped a bug the other day because I, I, I did like a you know object dot another thing dot empty question mark. Mm-hmm. But in Ruby, there's a lot of those little <laughs> nil. Uh, yeah, empty uh, blank is blank. one. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, which one? Because it's not intuitive. Yeah, they all mean something very different. Yeah. Because now I'm getting used to JavaScript. Well, you put the exclam, you put a question mark at the end of a thing like that, it will not throw mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's optional chaining and it will just be nil then. Not in Ruby, baby. Ruby has bedtime. Ruby will 500 your page for you. You're Good. welcome. Love you, Ruby. <laughs> it, it is. It's that's, uh, I don't know. I actually appreciate 500. Uh, having like worked on like a, Client side ish app, you know, we did server rendering, but it's still all client side, right? But like, yeah. there's something about a 500 error from a server that just says, "Hey, server tried to do the page, it didn't work out. Sorry about it." Whereas like JavaScript, right. it's like this little sliver of the page failed, and now the whole page <laughs> failed. Like, <laughs> like, so yeah. like, sorry, you know, like I just crashed the whole app, you know, all of the application instead of negotiating what I could. Whereas like, right. I feel like server two, it'll be like, ah, oh, dude, we did 85% of the page made it, dude. Like, like, I feel like, a, <laughs> you know, like, and they're just like this page. Nah, you just type stuff that made no sense. We didn't get that. Right. But Well, the chances are that you're going to catch it before it goes out then is higher. Although in this case, it was not the case. Ooh. It turned out it was a just a URL, a rare URL param would crash it. It was annoying. But I'll tell you, you know, that beca- just mostly because I feel like Sentry should buy this show, that those 500s are going right to your Sentry, baby. And then yeah. you can see how many people it's affecting. And it will have a nice little stack trace waiting for you there to... F- See, we said this is century made a mistake by syntax. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's lay it all out. <laughs> Wes and Scott are too good. They don't write bugs. Who writes bugs, Chris? <laughs> we do. We do. We That's go right. into century and we use century all the time because we write the bugs. Those guys a little too good. So mm-hmm. they should have hired us. They should have bought well, us. You oh, went man. premium. You should have went budget. You know. Yeah. You got. If you want. <laughs> If you want to sell your bug service, you need people who write bugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. if you're going to sell the bug tracking service, yeah. uh, you need people who write bugs. So 
that's uh, we're using it in 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 dev. Do you, do you ever do that? Because a lot of people just they just turn it uh, off. In uh, dev. Mistakenly, yes, I have turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Slack is uh, every everyone notices. <laughs> we have this weird development only bug that, that Rachel's been trying to fix on our team, and she it just cannot trigger it. But me, if I screen share with her, I'll never, I cannot trigger the bug. Yeah. But as soon as, she, as soon as we're separated, then I'll be like, there it is. So she, we, we made a, we made de- development only Sentry <laughs> integrations. So that nice. it, when I hit the bug, it goes up to Sentry and then she can go look and see what happened on my machine. Do you do, does CodePen, yeah, I know you have, you have a bunch of services, but are, are you in one big Sentry, like, does everything go to one, or do you split yeah. it up into? It's one big Sentry. See, we split it up, and it's helpful. I mean, their staging and stuff is split up by environment. Yeah, yeah, like, but we split up like our services, so like our Lighthouse machine and our like Figma machine and stuff like that. They're all on different reporting, you know, and it, okay. it's helpful because like. If you get 500 errors suddenly, it's all into one queue. It's not. It's not a needle in a haystack, you know. Um, uh, I see. Yeah. But it is. I do wonder if we should have just kept it in one big funnel, you know. So. Well, now that you say that, I don't. I don't actually. I didn't set it up, so I don't even for 100 percent know. Now I've lost the plot. I, saw, I sounded like I knew what I was talking about, but I really don't. Oh well. Give my, there might be buckets. I don't know if there's buckets. There's some. There's a few types of buckets I think they offer too. Yeah, so, I think we yeah. probably like separate server and client. And I know that client is a little too heavy. We don't have it on all the time. Mm, it's it's, it's uh, just too much. Yeah, I bet with browser extensions and stuff, people and like self-inflicted yeah, errors, user you guys are code, just hitting. Yeah. yeah, you guys are hitting way too much. But there's still probably a way to to deal with that. Uh, what I do want to do one question, just because it's related to some stuff we were talking about. Here's, sure, we are a question and answer podcast. Uh, Patrick O'Neill, Patty O'Neill wrote in, and he was he was asking about uh, this is a number of shows ago, probably a dozen at least. But we were just talking about you want to show one component instead of the other component, not just rejigger it with CSS, but it it needs different HTML too. Like it's too mm-hmm. different between say mobile and desktop, if you want to use those monikers, which is inescapable still after all this time, um, that couldn't you just do it with CSS as Patty's like, why not? Like, of course you can, right? Can you just put the mobile component and the desktop component on the same page, display none one, swap it out when you hit the breakpoint for the other one? Like that's a thing you can do, right? Why you yeah. don't have to necessarily mess with JavaScript conditionals and match media and whatnot, right? Yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, like uh, Bootstrap famously had the hide mobile and show desktop classes, right? So, like, mm. you, like just do that. Um, you totally can do that. Um, you, there are two risks. I mean, mentions like search engines would be smart enough to work it out. Um, I think they they're are. the ones that wouldn't be. I think like if you display none, accessibility should be fine. But what's not is like who knows what a bot is doing. Access- yeah, totally. Accessibility should be fine. I do. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I think a Google bot though may it potentially treat that as duplicate content. I would be curious to learn more about that. Like because because it used to be an old trick. Like I'd put like white links on my page or whatever, and that's like bad guy SEO um, stuff. And so like. Uh, so that would be one risk. I think the bigger risk is if you are shipping both components on the page and you ha- are hitting the like 2000 element limit on the page, like which is not a lot of elements, but let's say it's 5000 now with their nice computers, you're, you're exhausting that limit of elements those those elements are still in the dom tree you know right so they're parsed and active and if you're in react they are in your react js dom like it's in those those components and those elements well, yeah i think you're paying even so, more in react land almost certainly quadruple probably yeah so interesting yeah i mean and then if it's content that doesn't matter i don't know i, th- I feel like if it's in react then you probably just do it the react way (laughs) but it's like if you're in something else then and by the react way i mean just do a match media then and and render one instead of the other 
I don't know, somehow that seems better to me. But yeah, I, I would think it's most likely that you're swapping out components that are content. Like you're not, you don't have card big and card small. Those tend to be simpler somehow. What I what I'm imagining is like a hamburger, a special mobile menu, mm-hmm. and those are just some links. Like who cares if a bot sees two sets of links? Like that doesn't matter, you know? Right. Right. I, 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 it depends on how big the page is and what problems you're having, but I, I think like it's generally okay to just ship both. <laughs> and, you know, are you winning like HTML purist awards? No, you're not. But are yeah. you like getting the job done so you can uh, have a nice relaxing weekend? Yes, you are. So With very little logic and logic that's at a pretty low level. CSS is as low as it gets really. And that's nice. Yeah. So, you know, assuming the people on your team know more, just as much CSS as React, which mm. almost feels like a joke these days. Yeah. Okay. A, well, good job. Good show name. Chit chat. We got a one question in. Good for us. We got one us. question on our question and answer podcast. So that feels pretty good. Uh, thank you, dear listeners, for sending in your questions. We'll take more, obviously, uh, and we'll answer one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> If you uh, want to follow us for uh, zero updates a month, uh, head over to uh, Mastodon, <laughs> uh, front end dash social, uh, front dash social dot end. And uh, we're over there, Shop Talk Show. And it, but where the party really is, is over in the Discord, patreon.com slash Shop Talk Show. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Yeah. Very little churn in the Discord. Love um, those people. ShopTalkShow.com? 